Welcome to RLF Radio, the only show that helps young baseball players and their parents prepare for high school athletics and beyond. Brought to you by the Ryan Lemon Foundation, with your host, Dick Owens, Guy Lemon. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Guy Lemon with the Ryan Lemon Foundation. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, uh, Dick Owens. Dick, thanks for being here. Uh, good afternoon. It's always great to be here. You know that. And our guest today, as some of you may know, we are very fortunate to have, and he was he drove out all the way from the Inland Empire area, is Scott Winterburn, the head coach at Laverne in Claremont. Scott, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I know that, uh, obviously, I'll let you do most of the talk, and you've been the head coach at Laverne for, for some time. How many seasons, and what was your background getting to uh, Laverne? Well, th- this will be my 18th season coming up. And uh, prior to Laverne, I spent 10 years uh, as an assistant coach, one as a, as a head coach at Azusa Pacific University, which is kind of right down the street in the, yep. the same area where I live. Right. And um, I, I, got, I guess I cut my teeth in college baseball at Citrus College, which is a junior college experience. I've, I've kind of, as far as college baseball goes, I've, I've been at several levels for sure. What level of a player, how long did you play as a player? No, I just played a year of pro- professional baseball after college and uh, played for the Boise Hawks. Which uh, is now affiliated, but but back then we were an independent team in the Northwest League, which which me, which means that you know the every other team is affiliated with some organization. So we right. we we were the guys that were just trying to win and get on with somebody else. And Laverne is where I mean I know about where it is. Whereabouts is Laverne, and how big of a college is it? Well, we're we're at, we're at the uh, we're we're the two ten and the fifty seven freeway meet roughly. Uh, right, right at that intersection. That's uh, in California, like an, so you that, guys That's know. in Southern California. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like an automobile advertisement. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. We're 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 about a half hour from Angel Stadium and a half hour from Dodger Stadium. Okay. And skiing is very close too. If you very want to close, go inland very in the close. Yep. Very, very, a lot of things to do from Laverne. Very good. And and the league that you compete in, I know it's Division Three. Yes. The 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 league that you're in and the schools that are in that league, uh, it's it's uh, the, the league is called the Skyac Conference, which is the Southern California Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. We got nine schools here. Uh, there's other schools besides University of Laverne, is Chapman and Cal Lutheran, Occidental, Whittier, Redlands, Claremont, uh, uh, McKenna, Pomona, Pitzer, Caltech. So it's a neat deal for kids thinking about coming to that school or anyone. There's a lot, I think. Those that aren't familiar with that immediate area, everybody's within a pretty tight geographic area, within probably 45 minutes, notwithstanding traffic. That That's right, and that's that's one of the draws, I think, of our conference over the years. We've been around for a long time, but I think this particular conference, we've always you know, th- thought of ourselves and by others as kind of the Ivy League of the West Coast. A lot of academics, uh, a lot of academic schools in our conference, academics is first and the rich tradition of athletics that goes along with those small school experiences, we're all right next to each other. So the far, our farthest road trips may be an hour. And, and Laverne, the campus itself is how many? What's the student enrollment for the uh, four we're, years? We're about 27 to 2,800 right now. Um, we, and that's we, pretty typical of most. In, well, although Chapman might be a little bigger. A little bigger, days, yeah. yeah. A little bigger, yeah. But but pretty typical. Um, we've grown to that in the last couple of years. Yeah. I think we were a well, probably a twelve to fourteen hundred uh, student school for for many many years, but uh, we've expanded lately, and uh, and it's great. We're 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 probably getting to that target of about three thousand, which seems to work real well at the private liberal arts schools these and days. And I know that right. just as you mentioned all the schools, and then yourself, you guys have had some success over the years, winning the conference and going on to the 
NC2A tournament, but but your conference is one of the most competitive at the Division Three level, isn't that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Southern California. So if you get out of your conference, you're you're on your way to a pretty good uh, well, run. You, you you think so? I think I think that's that's the hope every single time. I think most of our teams that get out feel like we got a really good chance to keep moving. Yeah, D D three is interesting from the standpoint of how they do the NCAA, right? Because right. the West region covers from Texas all the way here because right. there's not that many D three schools. That's right. Outside of, uh, you know, on the other side of the Mississippi, our side. And, and you go to the other side, everything's up north, Minnesota, and all North that area. East, a lot yeah. Of, yeah, that's where a lot of the D3s are concentrated. So it's, and how does it's that, really interesting. How does that play out there? There is, like at the Division One in Omaha, there is a Division Three championship. Do they play that traditionally at the same location? Oh, yes. For baseball, it's in Appleton, Wisconsin, has been for a very, very long oh, right. time. Yeah. Great event. Great event. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. Just the middle of America, small town. They probably roll out the red carpet big they, time. They really do. They do a great job. It really, they, they really make all teams feel uh, welcome, and the event goes real well. It's well attended. E- excellent event. Yeah, the team the team that plays out at Appleton is the Timber. What is it? The, the Timber Rattlers. The Timber Rattlers. Yeah, that's, that's right. What it is, Fox right? Cities. Yeah. Yeah. Fox City, so, yep. so tell me, I'm, I'm a parent or a player, and I'm thinking about I want to go to college. I don't really know where to go. I've heard of Division Three, but I don't really know what Division Three is. Both academically and athletically, what are the differences between – a Division three and a Division one, both athletically and academically, and Division two. Yeah, right and Division two. Well, yeah. you know, I, I would say that that Division three mainly is about the student experience, uh, with athletics being uh, a, a part of that experience. I don't think, you know, that, that many of our our students are coming there because they think they're going to m- maybe be in the big leagues one day, but they are coming there because they want the whole experience. They they want nothing more than to play their sport for four years while they're going to school. And I think, I think Laverne and a small college like ours is a place where you can not only do that, but get a full experience at both. Well, I know academically, and you mentioned the Ivy League, I know the academics at, at your school and others are as high a standard as some of the – I mean, everybody thinks, oh, UCLA or Cal Berkeley or those yeah. kind of things. But the academic process is actually just as invigorating and the student – teacher ratios are a lot better you get a lot more hands-on activity from an academic side oh yeah oh yeah i mean i think that's that's something that, that we uh have been doing for for a very very long time uh, i think when i first started it was easy to say we were one of the best kept secrets around here in southern california <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that's the case anymore with with internet and, and the way things are advertised but uh but yeah i think um especially at our school you know we our, our message is that our students you know they they have to be ready when when they come out they they are competing against all the other schools uh in the job market so you know when when you come to laverne and there's 13 14 15 kids and all your upper division uh courses and all the instructors know you by name and they they recognize you on campus as you're going by uh, i think i think that's the biggest plus uh for most of our students along with the fact that they're pretty much guaranteed that they're going to graduate in four years and, and, and be out in, into the job market. I know if I'm a mom or dad, that's a big deal. That is a one, big, big deal. Yeah, move in, move out, get that's on, right. get going. As get, a parent of two of my own, you know, and seeing them graduate on time, tr- that is a blessing. Now, you're, what, your son drafted? Was he the one that was Yeah, my drafted? son was. Yeah, he right. was. He, he, he played a couple years the Red Sox, yeah. Right. Oh, how fun. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the process, Division three athletically, do you guys work out more? I know it used to be a long time, and it's irrelevant yeah. now, that the rules between the different divisions in junior college, there was a wide disparity of how much kids could practice in the offseason games. Now, Division three versus Division one, 
Do you guys practice more or less the same? Do you have off-season? Tell me about the, the process. Yeah. Let's start off-season. What, yeah. what's, what's an off-season at Laverne look like? Well, an off-season... Uh, uh, which I guess is September through December. For a spring sport, yeah. That, w- that would be uh, September through uh, uh, Christmas time. And, and uh, the off-season is spent you know, mostly just weightlifting and doing things other than your sport uh, until you get to your two- to three-week window that you may have uh, depending on how you've organized it out. But we get about a two- to three-week window with our team in the fall. At the end of the fall, that's coming up for us in the middle of November here. And um, and then we head off into the break. So, um, Well, in that two- or three-week window, I, I, it used to be, but today those are all regulated by the NC2A. In other words, you don't have a uh, – well, you have a choice, but but it's very limited, isn't that right, by the NC2A? Yeah. So that all schools are effectively having the same – practice schedule that coaches and players interact for sure we're all under the same set of rules the same umbrella which is we're going to make sure that our students in their off season have all the time that they need to prepare academically and that they monitor all of the work that's being done athletically so that our kids have a strong footing academically before they head off into their season so is it the the practice time i mean you said weightlifting and all that are guys Throwing the baseball and pitching and hitting, but it but it's non-coach organized practice. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, you know, for us, we don't we don't do much of anything uh, in the first month they're there except lift weights. Uh, but we rely mostly on our our older guys to uh, uh, you know stru- structure things, organize things on their own, uh, hit when they want to. The facility is available to them at at their leisure. Um, so they got guys out there. They're hitting with guys, throwing with guys, getting ready for the November segment. And are you guys playing any games now? No, Nobody? no, we don't. We don't schedule any any games. And that's that an NC two A requirement. Well, uh, yes, for, especially for uh, for coaches and teams. We they're not supposed to have that kind of contact, and we definitely don't. Now, can the kids play somewhere if they wanted uh, in the off season like this? If, if, if they wanted to, they're they're they're. I don't know where that would be. Yeah, the, would be well, the kids can organize themselves and play play. If, 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 play, thing, play games if they want to up until the time that your season starts, which for us would be in two weeks. Right, well, okay. Then, then they can no longer do that. Right. Season starts. That's, that's your three-week window? Where that's, you, our, that's our two-week fall window. Ah, two weeks, that's yeah. all. Yeah. Wow. So, so if I'm a uh, – Laverne. Yeah. I, I'm a student. I, I show up on campus when? Late August, early September? Uh, late August, yeah. And so from the time period from late August until the 1st of November, am I dedicating the typical athlete that's playing baseball, mm-hmm. um, the typical one, and I know there would be a range, is it yeah. two hours a day, five days a week? What do you figure is a time, even though it's on his own, but but I'm sure there's a little bit of peer pressure to... Oh, yeah, there is. I, I, I'd, say he, I'd say he's in for at least a couple hours of baseball, you know, uh, during a typical day. Between weightlifting and, and yeah. throwing and running and whatever yeah, else they're do, doing. doing their workouts, yeah. And, and weightlifting you do, is that early morning or is it afternoon? Well, that, that all depends on everybody's schedule. We, so it's morning. not just an actual class that they got to go show up at 6 o'clock in the morning? Well, no, they, they all do. Uh, they all in our, At our school, uh, all of our athletes register for weightlifting classes. Okay. And then, and then the times that they that they register for really, uh, it, it revolves around their their own particular schedule. Right. You know, out of season, maybe at a small school like ours, where, you know, maybe maybe your typical English class isn't isn't offered seven times. Right. You know, somebody might have it at, at two o'clock. Right. You know, which means they're gonna they're gonna sign up for a, a different time for weightlifting. Right. What and then the season, the official season starts after the new year. 
The official season starts in February, yes. Oh, not until February. Yeah. So the month of January, are you still NC2A limited, or are you guys able to do uh, what I call real practices in yeah, the month no, of January? Yeah, we're, no, we're we'll, we'll, we will go full bore starting first week of January, second week of January, depending on our start date uh, that we that we circle. And we'll go six days a week from there on out. And, and let's just talk about January. Is that four hours a day? What do you figure is a, a young man's time commitment to the baseball side of things beginning at, in January? At Laverne, we block out two to five and, and uh, uh, Monday through Saturday. Sometimes the Saturday games will will go a lot longer because oh, sure, right. games because would. they're you know in the spring we play double headers every Saturday, which is a long day. Um, but we go two to five. So so as long as a guy's getting out of class, you know, at noon, one o'clock, um, he's got plenty of time uh, to do. The and that would that be weightlifting, on field stuff, or extra heating, you know, any kind of early out or, or staying late, you know, work with coaches, those kind of things. So there isn't. The six o'clock in the morning weightlifting kind of no not 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 in January no not in January <laughs> at our school January uh, is also a time for a, a, a mini term we have an academic term that goes oh. from January two to February two so our kids are are you know they're taking one class in that January term so many times they're they're in school at eight and they're out at eleven thirty and that's usually four days a week so they go to the same class four days a week yeah because a lot of schools a lot of schools do that where they have an extra that extra mini period, right? So the ex, if you're not taking that period, you come back in February, right? After right. you take basically the whole month of January off. That, that's right. And then games during the season, it's you, you said doubleheaders on Saturday. Is yeah. that your schedule, just doubles on Saturday, or do you play a, a weekday game as well? We usually play Fridays and Saturdays. We have a ah. single on, on Friday and, a double, and double. a double on Saturday in our in our conference. And they're all nines in our conference. So um, you got to have a little depth in your pitching rotation. Right. And then – so that's a lot of league games. How many non-league games do you guys play in the course of a year? We play 16 non-league games. We have a total of 40 on our on our schedule, and we play 24 conference games and 16, 16. non-conference games. And, and those are midweek, or those two all kind of fit into that Friday, Saturday, Sunday in, window? Um, midweek. All over. On your bye weeks, that Friday, Saturday, sometimes a Sunday. So we, we will get them in depending on on what we work out with the opponent. And in the 40 games, is that pretty typical? I mean, is that limited by NCAA rules? Yeah, that's, that's the max you could do. It. 40 games, yeah. Right. And Division One comparison to Division One would be what? 54. 50, yeah. yeah. So. And then it's 40-plus, then there's league playoffs and, and NCAA uh, championship games. Correct. We have a addition. tournament at the end. Uh, top four teams make it. And it's a double elimination round robin tournament at the end. Real exciting. It's That's, that's real fun. And then the... The regional well, playoffs right after that. Yes, fun <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun if you're in it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and and then regional and then national. So that's kind of the three end of the season tournament windows. Yeah, there's the league, a regional, and then and then the championship. Well, the forever season. there's been a there's been an NC two A regional for the Division three, and then all the winners of the regional go on to the go on to Appleton. Uh-huh. But starting next year, we're going to add another layer in oh, the Division three playoffs. Like, we're going to have a super regional, like yeah. Division oh, wow. one. Yeah, so we're pretty excited about that. So it adds an additional layer. So that will mean more teams are coming out of the regional or fewer teams are going to Appleton? No, that'll mean the same amount of teams are going to Appleton, but they're changing the format to decide the eight that uh, go. Oh, I see. And so that means more more teams in the reg- in regional play. So more guys will get to go yeah, on. Yeah, and then they're going to have two out of three series for the super regional. Best out of three. That's great. Yeah. So in the past, your league has delivered one team into the regionals, or, or usually one? one. Usually one. And so in the future, you guys might get two. We or three might be able to get two based yeah. on some ranking 
schedule type thing? Yes, you know, you, you know, based on their formula where they have different pools, you know, our, our, all of our Strength all of our tournament winners get what's called an automatic qualifier. And so a lot of uh, times, you know, that next best team that, that, that made the, the region, the, the, um, their conference tournament um, had a good year and perhaps lost, those teams are really the ones that are being evaluated for that at-large bid that go to the regional. Because right, wow. the at-large bids for D3 has been pretty typically pretty small. Right? Very small. I mean, at one point out here, uh, we had Chapman played a non, was in a non-league. They didn't. Yeah, they, they were independent. In the they were independent for a long right. time. They're so in the Skyhawk now, right. but, but right. for a long time, they so, were independent. So yeah. that made a difference, and, and so it's an interesting division. So it's, I'm glad to see they're going to do a super regional. Yeah. Oh, better. me too. Trust me. That's, me too. that's fantastic. I got a question for you on the... Roster, how many kids do you carry on your roster typically? Well, we, we, we typically, I don't have an answer to that. We, we, we have an open-ended roster at my school. Um, you know, if, if I have a, a guy that uh, is uh, doing all the things that uh, they need to do, we'll coach them and we'll train them and uh, they'll be in our team. But we only dress 30. We dress 30 for right. games. So that's and, uh, in the January, well, in February. That's in February. We, we, we dress about 30 for games. Give or take one or two guys, but we dress about thirty for games typically, and in the Division Three, we keep twenty-five for the playoffs. So you might you might have thirty-five out there, but you're going to take thirty during a game. That's right, right. or something. That's right. 40 or, or on the road or, or road. wherever we may go. Well, right. I don't want to get to any secrets that may not be known now, but in the November, that your two-week window, yeah, how many guys will will show up with Laverne shirts on in practice? Oh, maybe maybe anywhere between forty-five and fifty-five that are trying to make that make that squad. And then this is the secretive part. Yes, sir. In your mind, <laughs> how, how many will you provide a uniform when they start practicing in January? Yeah, have you well, made, do you have well, any sense of where that would be? What? No, because I think our process uh, for well, us injuries, I know, is always part of it. Well, of course, that's always part of it. But I don't, I don't necessarily start with a number. Uh, uh, what, what we do is we evaluate the people in our program. Uh, it's, so it's an individual. And we arrive at a number. Yeah, we arrive at a number every year. And so if you. If you suit up 30 for an individual game, you, yeah. you may have, again, uh, 35, 40 guys. To, every year is a little bit different in terms of that would be practicing with you every uh, That's right, every and they have, to, they have to decide. You know, we, we sit down with each guy. They have to decide if they want to go through that process. Um, you know, if they, if they are practicing all year long, they're, they're using that year of eligibility. So um, they have to decide if well, – Eligibility know, is dependent on practice, or is it just the number of games you play? No, it depends on it, barring participation. Oh yeah, so so eligibility in Division Three, we don't redshirt people, oh, that's like a like very other like other levels. You know, most um, almost, you know, a very very high percentage of our kids are graduating in four, four years. years. So they right. it, so, so redshirt we don't redshirt. It, it doesn't really yeah, matter we, whether we, you redshirt. We try or very not. hard not to keep somebody that additional fifth year, uh, you know, at, at cost and everything else uh, of tuition. So so if February first, if I'm a bubble guy, meaning I'm number thirty four, yeah, and on. The first game, there's 30 getting on the bus, and for whatever reason, I'm I'm healthy, but I'm not on the bus. Yeah. And then two weeks later, either you determine, wow, I just hit five, I just hit five bombs, and I probably should be on the roster. Can you change the roster week to week? Oh yeah. Is that so? You're not obligated to keep the same roster throughout the season. It can change yeah. based on injuries, and then your individual judgment of players. Well, skill I mean, set. to be clear, everybody's on the roster. Yeah. Okay. okay. But with what you're talking about is maybe a dress roster, which right. is yeah, it's a very different. informal thing. Right. So. Anybody on our roster can suit up and play in a game. And, and oh, okay. let's talk about recruiting a little bit. Okay. Um, who do you talk, who do you typically want to recruit? Obviously, the best players. Yeah. But you, it's a little bit different. You don't offer money. 
yeah. right? So there's no money involved. You don't have scholarship money to give out. Uh, well, that's a little bit of a misnomer, I think, about Division Three. Academic so, money. Yeah, we, 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 did, we have academic. That's how we compete for students at the University of Laverne, both in athletics and otherwise, is by getting competitive kids in the classroom. Their grades and their test scores determine their, their, their financial aid packages. Most of the schools, including ours, around Southern California and around the country, um, you know, they're, they're very much wanting kids to do something uh, in addition to going to school and getting those grades. So uh, our athletic programs, what, you know, our, our theater program, our broadcasting uh, uh, people, um, our debate team, you know, these are all priority-type uh, students when they come in, no matter what they do that's extra. And um, so uh, they, they tend to get uh, really good financial aid packages, and it's very competitive with other small schools that aren't Division Three that might give them an athletic scholarship. Our our financial aid awards are just as or more than competitive. The right. hard part would be getting in. Right, that's the big yes. thing. Let's part talk about in. the get inside. What yeah. are the minimums and the expected? Is it SAT or ACTs that that your school relies? Well, on? they look at both. Uh, you know, we're a we're a GPA uh, and test score uh, school. And typically, um, the, those are the two things that are evaluated both for, for entrance in the University of Laverne and for uh, financial aid. But what, what are your thresholds? When you're well, you know, our, our average in? our average GPA last year was about a three point five. Wow, um, that's, that's a smart guy. So they can yeah yeah we're, we, there's there's a lot of smart kids out there. So you can there's put some pretty kids. heavy demands on them academically. Well, in terms yes. of hey. Uh, uh, schedules and different things. I mean, you can really apply some some pretty heavy thought process to get what guys are doing. Yeah, well, you know, once you start getting up into into three five and above, and and you start getting up into a high test score, uh, it's usually an indicator that that uh, a student's ready for college. And and the SATs and the ACTs. What are the the standards that you look to when you're talking with a young man? Kind of where you think his SATs or ACTs need to be? Yeah, I, you know, well. I mean, there's some minimums for sure, but I, I don't. We usually don't talk about minimums uh, uh, because you, you know you maybe start to get into trouble. Somebody thinks you know, well, you know, that's what it is. But <laughs> right. our average uh, SAT uh, is is probably you know over 1,100 and above, and you know, m- many students are all through that range. I think at Laverne, right? And and where do you recruit? Where Southern California only? Do you go out of state? Do you... Well, 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 for me now, we're talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you. I'm gonna take my AD hat off and okay. talk baseball. Okay? okay, right. All the best players are right here in Southern Absolutely, California. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> okay, you, you, you draw a 50 mile circle around the University of Laverne, and there right. is a ton of good baseball players. Right. So, um, we try and stay right here when when we're recruiting. We try to recruit our backyard, control our backyard, and um, and get the best players we can find. And now that being said, uh, does it mean that we close the door uh, for students from other places? Um, uh, but uh, you know, when, when we're out and about locally and with our beautiful facility down there at Laverne, we bring a lot of teams. And it uh, is a nice facility. We, yeah, it is. It is. We, we, we bring a lot of teams in, uh, to our facility, uh, do do a lot of tournaments and those kind of things, showcases, and uh, and try to bring some talent there as well to evaluate them. Right. So typically on your roster, if I looked at your roster, I'm a kid living in uh, New Jersey. Am I going to find anybody from from – Outside of Southern California, yeah, mo- or not? most most likely uh, we might have a smattering here and there of, of students from from elsewhere, but you're going to find most of our kids are right Both from here. Southern California. Yeah, that's right. So uh, if there's 45 guys that are going to be uh, showing up to practice here in a week or two, yeah, if that's the number, 
40 are from Southern California? What's What do you figure is oh, that? I, is I would the, say. Is the ratio of Southern Californians to non-Southern Californians? Gosh, that's a good question. I haven't I haven't really done that study yet. I'll just ball, <laughs> but I would say, yeah, I'd say the majority, 35, 40 of them are from yeah, Southern California. Right. Yeah. How, how do you find an individual player? Do, do they seek you out? Do you seek them out? What What's that process? Yeah. Is it you and your staff? Do you rely on third parties to call you up and say, hey, Bob's interested, or do does the parent or the player give you a call? What What's that interaction? Well, that my process? first answer, I guess, I'd say yes to all of that. I mean, I, <laughs> recruiting is kind of this big <laughs> confluence of of pots everywhere, you know. We've, we've got guys that have played for us at Laverne. We've got several head coaches out there, um, and, and not only are they – uh, calling and, and giving us input on their players, but they're also, you know, recommending players from other teams and their leagues and, and those kind of things. And as we start to identify players, we also, again, we do some showcase stuff and some scout ball things, and you start to, to just really do the work of, of talking to coaches and talking to kids and finding finding those kids uh, that, that really fit uh, your profile uh, for what you want to do. So if I'm – if I'm a mom or a dad, if I'm, I'm a dad. I won't be a mom. <laughs> if I'm if I'm a dad and I've got a young man who's got good grades, and I kind of think I'm a Division three, does he contact you? Do I contact you? What year do I contact you? How, how do I go about the process of trying to get my son in front of you? What's, yeah, I, I I would say mostly uh, most personal emails are, are good. I you know I think a lot of people do some of the scouting services out there, and those are great. Um, but um, if, if you feel like you're someone that really fits at that institution, you know, I think just going there and on your own and looking around first and trying to get a feel for the place and then contacting the coach, you know, contacting one of us and, and uh, having a personal conversation about, about Laverne and, and your son and, and the future. And, and uh, I think that goes a long way. Do, do you have restrictions um, as a coach when you can talk to a player or can't talk to a player in D3 yeah. or is it? There's certain things. I mean, it's it, dead you know, periods yes. and all that kind of. Uh, we don't really operate with a dead period of division right. three, but but there's certain things. If you know, if you're at a tournament and you know somewhere, and right. you got to wait until the you know the end of the day and until he's been released, and you can't talk to him between games or before games. And, right. So there's little things like that along the way, and you just got to be. But they can contact you anytime, right? Sure. I mean, they sure. Can, sure. Okay. Are, are you limited? You can only talk to seniors. Can you talk to juniors? We can talk to juniors. Uh, at, at, on January 1st of their junior year right. and beyond. When do you right. start focusing on guys? Do, will you start trying to identify kids in their junior year, or do you typically wait until the kids are seniors and you've got a little better base on their academics and those yeah. kind of things? Well, you know, uh, that's that's a good question. I mean, you know, if I had to, if I had to pick, I'd, I'd love to find a, uh, a guy that early, uh, and we often do. Uh, but baseball is a sport where um, – there's a lot of options for kids, particularly in Southern California. There's a lot of schools to talk to them. And if they're not a slam dunk Division One recruit who's got a scholarship offer, and, you know, geez, these guys seem like they're getting scholarship offers as freshmen and sophomores in school now. But for us, I think, you know, waiting a little bit longer is, is probably the, the ticket for, for all that to shake out. They sort of know where they are. Yeah, they start to figure out that, you know, realistically, I mean, if you're a junior, senior, and, you know, and, and you haven't, you haven't gotten a, that kind of an offer from that kind of a school. Um, we want our kids, all the kids, those kids to know there is a vast ocean of smaller schools that give re- incredible experiences 
where they can play baseball and go to school. Yeah, Sky at Conference is as good as, as anything around, and, and just like our JCs are very good here, the Sky at Conference for for baseball is one of the best, I think. It's great. It really is great. And the, the coaches in it, again, I've been coaching for this will be my 18th season, and I know all the coaches in the conference personally, uh, you know, course i don't know i don't know I, I can't speak for them but i get along with every one of them they're, they're really good they're, they're good men they're good coaches uh we have a great product yep you know one thing we've got to end up wrapping it up i know you've got to get back out to school yeah, and, yeah. and uh, our days moving on you touched on one thing real important I, i'm a player i want to reach out to you email address what is your email address yeah i'm at r winterburn at laverne.edu and you can get any one of the coaches if you just go to uh uh, the website, uh, the, the school website, which is at laverne.edu, and uh, start scrolling through. You'll you'll find whoever you want to talk so to. So just for the benefit of anybody writing down, it's rwinterburn at laverne.edu, r-w-i-n-t-e-r-b-u-r-n at laverne, l-a-v-e-r-n-e dot edu. And as uh, Coach just said, you can kind of connect with them one of two ways. And, I, and again, I'm, I'm thinking probably the most valuable thing, if I'm a player and I want to consider Division three in Laverne and play for Scott, call him up. Yeah. Can, would you, uh, is that okay if they a cell number? Can they call you? Is that... Yeah, no, I don't think I'm giving my cell phone number okay. out. But, 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 <laughs> but all my, my information is on the website. I have right, an office so number, there. and we have assistance, and that's kind of how we start to sift through. And, and cause we have a lot of this stuff. We sift through and, and try to find out a fit. Yeah, and that's you know once we have we think we have a fit, then it's time to go watch some kids play. How big is your staff? Uh, I, right guys? now, I usually have about I usually carry about five, five, including myself. And then the college, I assume, has like a strength conditioning, uh, strength that, conditioning coach that that, that is utilized for yeah. for all sports, not just baseball. Yeah, Matt Durant, he runs our strength and conditioning program. He is a guru in the in the field of strength and conditioning. He's got several strength and conditioning head coaches at other schools that have come through the program here at Laverne. And uh, so, yeah, we have a tremendous sports staff. Our athletic training is uh, second to none. Joanna Engelfeiner, she runs that. And uh, and so, yeah, we're very, very blessed at Laverne to be supported the way that we are. Well, so in conclusion, uh, Scott, thank you very much. And I know that anybody that's listening, whether you're interested in Laverne or, frankly, any other Skyac school or Division three or even Division one, I, I would recommend – Parents, players, start the process. Reach out to a coach. Start to learn the dialogue. Uh, interact with them. You know, you don't know where the fit is until you start putting the shoes on. So call him. Uh, go to the website. Send an email. He'll track you if you are interested in tracking him. So Scott, thank you very much. Oh, Dick, you had one of those. Well, I just want to thank. I just want to thank Scott for being here. Obviously, it's fantastic and and great interview. We'd love to have you back oh, again to talk because this is this is good stuff for every parent. I would just say, uh, you know, if you need to get a hold of us, RyanLemonFoundation.com, R-Y-A-N-L-E-M-M-O-N, Foundation.com. Uh, obviously, we're on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, you can also get it on the website. Uh, and we welcome donations anytime you want. Just go on our website, and uh, in order to keep this going, we need money. So uh, if you like what we do, let us know. And if you have any questions for, for the coach and you want to send them to me, that's fine. We can relay it on to him. All right. And that'll do it for uh, today's session with uh, Scott, Coach Scott Winterburn. And as I remind everyone, when you're watching baseball and thinking about it or playing, keep swinging for the fences. And thank you.